Board Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the banter's as ferocious as LeBron's quest for that in-season tourney cup, man. Um, is he still a top two player in this league? Like, give it to Nikola Jokic, but this man, jeez. You have to argue it at this point in time. It is unreal what we're seeing from year 21 LeBron. It's amazing. If it wasn't for, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, the kid on the other side, I would be absolutely cheering LeBron all the way for the storyline. But man, his quest for greatness, it's undeniable at this point, you know. Anyone who thinks that it's not LeBron and MJ as one two, regardless of how you feel, or LeBron versus whoever is they they got a problem at this point in time. Bro, like year twenty one LeBron is going to win the first in-season tournament game or first in-season tournament title and now you say like okay well look, but michael jordan never had a shot to win an in-season tournament and of course you know six and oh in the finals he'd probably be you know what 13 and oh in his career in that in-season tournament right like he michael jordan never loses um this tournament came into existence 20 years after lebron comes into the nba and he's still gonna win it like this man if he i'm serious if he wins this and somehow they win the nba championship and this man doesn't retire like i don't know what else he has left to do in this league like it's beautiful man it's beautiful to see and not only not only is it just fantastic from a player of his caliber but like the number of shots he's taking the confidence the cutting off the ball like I'm pretty sure he hit three FU threes in a row at one point in that game, which, you know, like, this is like, what are we talking about? A guy who is this good. And, you know, Anthony Davis played well. We don't get to rip on Anthony Davis today. He was, he was good next to LeBron, but anyone who still thinks that it's not, you know, who thinks that this isn't LeBron's team, you know, that LeBron is ready to just kind of walk away. Like, I agree with you, Matt, on the idea that like, you know, go out on glory, go out on greatness, but like. Can you stop, man? Like, we keep saying, you know, this Probably is going to be the year. This is going to be the year that it's not going to go well for LeBron, that he's going to start faltering. And time after time after time again, he's like, nah, man, I'm still here. Bro, the league has more of a chance of stopping LeBron than I do of stopping my eye from running right now. <laughs> I, just, I, can't, I can't stop it. And, like, LeBron can't be stopped, man. Um, it just is what it is. But let's return to the takes while I cry out out of my left eye <laughs> um the kings man you know they put up a valiant fight but just just couldn't get past you know there was the weird magic of both tyrese halliburton and demontis sabonis having the exact same stat 26 13 and 10 the night that they played pacers won kings didn't win though so really I- interesting thought process of you know the classic who won this trade between them but yeah the kings let me down the kings let me down you know what but hey i I can't be that upset you know they they had a tough matchup that they they were going up against at the end of the day the pelicans looked like they wanted it in that first game they were ready unlike what they showed against the lakers last night unfortunately they were not ready to play you know what yeah and you you got tyrese man i really thought the celtics had them but tyrese came and went for that one he I can't believe he beat Boston. I can't believe he's beaten Milwaukee. It's crazy. This man is is on his trajectory to be, you know, a top five player, top ten player in the NBA. You know, everybody's loving on Shea Gilgis Alexander and might be Tyrese right now, who's that that best young guard in the NBA. 
But um, over here, man, I did get my NBA picks right. Just I'll give it to those, you. Yeah, those, yeah. those Philadelphia Eagles, man. Uh, I should have known. Like you know, have, after having so many hard games, I just figured like they'd really want to get you know the 49ers, especially after all that trash the 49ers have been talking. Fortunately, I was wrong. Um, 49ers look good. It is what it is. I mean, oh, I well. would have been I would have been wrong right beside you. You know, I'm always Team Eagles. They're the team that's always just hovering right under the radar right there making things yeah, happen man. but you know you got the nba right man you're right there and you know we're 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 into a crazy season the the in-season tournament is about to end tomorrow you know we'll see which of the uh the stars are out tonight you know that zion's probably out partying in vegas tonight now that he's not uh playing anymore you you saw the interview with him and ingram yeah Yeah. him and bi talking about what they do if they win well sadly they don't they got to pay out of pocket now at this point for any partying hey man i'm pretty sure they can both afford it so uh i mean you think about zion and how much he gets paid and how much he's actually played he's making some good money you know (laughs) but let's i was gonna say let's talk about a team that really didn't do anything in the in-season tournament really hasn't done anything all year our beloved toronto raptors who have just pained liked the mediocrity and the purgatory of the nba for the last three four years we've really really enjoyed being right in the thick of that eh it it, it hurts you know to to really just not amount to anything right and the did we go oh four i don't know did we win a game i think we went oh four either way it doesn't matter it felt like oh four but yeah man we're just hanging out this team is is right in the middle it's in purgatory you look at the standings we're at 11 which is hey wait just outside of everything you know, we don't do anything in the in-season tournament. We wouldn't make the play-in, you know. Adam Silver's gift to all the teams that are middling that want to get a couple of playoff game money into the back pocket. Like, it, it sucks. It hurts. We talked about the importance of these games and, you know, an 0-2 week. Not what we Buddy, want at all. It's just frustrating. 0-2 week. I mean, lose to the Knicks in a pretty flat performance. Um, and then to play the Miami Heat... Without Jimmy, without Bam Adebayo or Tyler Hero, and to lose, and to like start the game fifteen four, being yeah. down fifteen four, without Adebayo or Hero, like you know, I was listening to Will Lou podcast, and he was like comparing like who is like the hero and Adebayo of our team equivalent, like an like an OG and a Scotty, like a Siakam and a Scotty, like a Schroeder and a and a Siakam, like yeah, we're not competing in those games, man. Like he's like we're done, and I think it really just underscores where we are, and I think we need to tear it down. I I don't I you go back like five weeks, eight weeks, ten, thirty weeks. I've been saying this. I love Siakam. I think Siakam's great. I think he's one of the best players in franchise history. We've hit our ceiling with him. We can't do anything else. We're going to lose him in free agency for nothing. Yep. Start it again. Could you imagine if we had traded him last year for Tyrese Halliburton or two years ago for Tyrese Halliburton? Could you imagine? I mean, like, could you, like, imagine if we had traded Freddie for assets? Yeah. What this team could look like? If we had just gone after some shooting for Freddie, you know, like a like a Buddy Heald, the the classic we need that ifs. the classic what if scenarios, but also like this is a league of opportunity, right? You look at what 
certain players have been able to do when they get the ball in their hands, when they get to move out from a play. You look at what Christoph Porzingis has gone, had to go through to find a team that really meshes for what he wants now. It's great when you have two superstar players to, to play behind that help, right? But mm-hmm. it's about finding the right situations and making things happen. And if you think about the rising teams in the leagues right now, you know, I'll include the past couple of seasons, right? Kings, Pacers, Grizzlies, the magic right now. You think about what the T-Wolves have done, right? Yeah, a couple of trades here or there to make it happen. But you know what exists in all of those storylines? Is the team going, okay, we were good. We had our moments. We're going to be bad now. We've got maybe one guy. Maybe we don't have our one guy. But we're going to we're gonna fire sale. We're going to sell a lot. We're going to get the guy to build around. And then we're going to work around that guy. We have been close to wanting to make that decision but every time we look like we're gonna go left we steer right and we go off the cliff a little bit on a decision that hey you know what maybe there's water down below maybe it's gonna be a nice splashing landing but more times than not we're hitting the concrete at the bottom here so it's been tough man it's been tough well yeah man it's and it's just frustrating because you have you know i don't want to call them identical players but they provide a very very similar amount of the same thing and having them on the court together is is good, but they're too similar to be, you know, cohesive. I think, like, you know, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, yes, big wings, big defensive wings. Yeah. But on the offense, Scottie was more of a rebounder, playmaker, less of a scorer, and MJ is the scorer. With Scotty and Siakam, they both want to be the scorer, the playmaker, the rebounder. Like they, like they do the same amount of stuff. I mean, like I was, we were just talking about their stats, man. Like twenty and a half to nineteen and a half Siakam versus Barnes in points per game. You know, five assists to five point four for Siakam versus Barnes. Seven rebounds for Siakam, nine point one for Barnes. You know, you talk about their percentages; they're almost identical, except for the fact that Scotty is killing him in three point percentage, absolutely Easily. murdering him. And then you take into the fact that he's got over an extra steal a game and he's got over an extra block a game. Like, why aren't we building around the young stud wing and maximizing the value on our old stud wing to bring in parts? Because, like, if we could get a guard and he pans out to be like Tyrese Halliburton, bro, we're unstoppable. Well, (laughs) and to expand on your your stats uh, uh marathon there as well you know you you didn't even mention the most important thing the fact that scotty has less turnovers which shocked me shocked me when it came down to it because you know scotty is a guy who is young and wants the ball in his hand and so you expect those guys to falter right you think cade cunningham cade cunningham would love to have less turnovers but you know sometimes his guys on his team just aren't in the right spot when they should be <laughs> when you think about let's not get into the the we'll, we'll, we'll rip on the pistons we'll rip on the pistons later but you know, you think about the next step for this team and, you know, you talk about the duo, the duo not working. And right now, those are the two best guys in the league for us on yep. our roster, what we can provide without making trades, what we have on our team. OG's great. He's fantastic. But his offense is a little bit more closed off and he hasn't had the opportunity, as I was talking about earlier. And so you think about duos in the league, right? Siakam, Scotty, you think about the rest of the league. It's about you know, making the Jenga pieces work together. There's always shooting. The closest example we can have is that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum example. But guess what? Those guys can shoot. Tatum can shoot the lights out of the building when he needs to be. That's the big difference. Exactly. And so that's why we don't have that same capability of working with two guys that 
are so similar because they're missing arguably the most important part of today's modern NBA, which is that shooting. And like the kind of scary thing is like you bring up OG and like, yeah, OG, his offense is pretty limited. Um, yeah, he loves the power drive. I feel like that's his only move. <laughs> Um, he loves the two step into a, a angry dunk like he's Zion Williamson or something out here. Um, but this like he is a shooter. Yeah. And Siakam, as this young kid, is proved or I mean not Siakam, Barnes, is proving that he's a shooter. He's hitting almost thirty eight percent of his threes this year compared to that to twenty percent for Siakam. So you say that we can't have these two similar wing <laughs> players and the shooting, but we can. When Scotty and OG are out there together, our team is great, you know? Let's go maximize this value for Siakam. Let's go get us a young guard that we think could pop. You know, like, if we can do something like that, I really have faith this team could turn it around and be a play-in team. Like, we could get rid of the best player on our team, quote-unquote, and lose the trade from a best player standpoint. And our team would get better. And that's my personal opinion. And I I find it very hard for somebody to argue against that point. And, and it's fun to think about, too, because, you know, let's talk about a world where Siakam doesn't exist on this roster and we get a shooter, right? We've proven so far that Scotty and the bench unit that we have isn't great. They're losing their minutes. They're getting wrecked. They're getting destroyed. So in a world where Siakam exists, but we need Scotty... We're putting Siakam, an all-star, on the bench, which minutes go pretty good, but you're not going to have that happen, and you can't have these two guys constantly always being together. So the solution which we've come to is that look at all these players that work well together. The ones that don't work well on our starting five, Scotty and Siakam. And I'm sorry, Siakam, you've done amazing things for us. You've been a part of a fantastic, you know, era, era of Raptors basketball, but we keep talking about how that, that era is dead. We need to move on from it. We need to move into the next phase to really get that new identity, to embrace Darko and what we want to do. And sorry, Siakam, but we need assets. And we let we let Fred walk without really getting anything except for the media being like, oh, look at this team letting Fred walk. Ha <laughs> ha, they can't do it. Like, we don't need round two of that. We really don't. Bro, like, we can't handle round two of that. Like, that is just not an option at this point for us. Um if we're middling at the trade deadline and we are like in the play and even, if, I think even if we're in the play in, sell Siakam, we are going to end up with the 12th, the 10th, the eighth pick in the draft. And we're going to have to give it to San Antonio and we're going to lose Siakam for nothing in the off season. And you're still going to be short pieces to build around Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi and Dennis Schroeder and what else, yep. you know, like, it's just so frustrating that they've been straddling this line since the championship bubble. You know, this this line of, we can still compete, we can still get there, we still have the talent. And I think after three years of being this kind of team, yeah, they would think to themselves like, all right, nice, it was nice, but like, it's over. Um, let's let's move into the next phase. You know, that fourth overall pick that we absolutely nailed, slam dunk pick, let's build around him. Let's build around the next guy, the the future. But it's just so frustrating that they, they're so attached to this guy. Siakam, that is. 
and to tangent on your fourth pick, like you look at the the narrative around Suggs right now, who for the past three years has been a bust of a fifth round pick, who now suddenly is coming out and being great and showing up and stepping up and being a great part of what Orlando is doing in their new rebuild. Like I think about I think about your comment uh, to me earlier with with Darko, right, where you where you don't know if he's coaching for you know trying to get wins or if he's coaching for the development of the young guys, and for me. That is the front office leaning down on him because I, you know that Darko wants that development. He wants to work with the young guys. Obviously, he wants to get wins. But if you think about the mentality of how he is, how excited he gets for wins, right, to bring that team up, that is a type of coach who is trying to build developmental focus, who is trying to bring these guys up to be where they want to be so that build when the they – this is exactly it, right? But I'm over here thinking I'm sure that there's a part of management, regardless of who it is or what's happening, that's going – you know, we got to get wins in these 20 games to really know if we're good enough to before we make any big decisions. And he's over here going, I want I want this to get better at this and this. But also, like, man, if I don't get these wins, I might not have this player, that player, that player. That Like, this whole building up of what might be happening is leading to a chaotic season where we have these fantastic wins against the Bucks, against the T-Wolves who are running the league. But yet, you know, Pistons roll in, slap us down. I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs would beat us right now. Like, Wemby could show up and take us down at this point in time. Like, we are not a cohesive unit at all. Well, well, bro, like, we play some of the worst teams in the league, and we go down by 20 points. Like, yeah, we come back and we win some of those games, but we shouldn't be down 20 points in the first place. No. And it's just, it's so frustrating, man. It's frustrating to watch because there's too much talent on this team to be doing what we're doing. And the front office signaled when they went with Darko, when they fired Nick Nurse that there should have been a regime change and a change of direction in the franchise and unfortunately we just stayed on the same trajectory on that we're going to stay in the middle um we think that we can compete but we're not you know bad enough to hit the bottom even if we were to trade Siakam so we're just going to compete and see what we can do with him and unfortunately like that's just it's wasting his time as an NBA player and it's wasting Scotty's time if we could get, you know, Siakam to a contender and also get shooting and guard play back, that's a win-win for our team, yeah. for Scotty, and for Siakam. And yes, you know, I'm sure Siakam wants to go down as one of the, if not the greatest Raptor of all time. Yes, I'm sure he wants to spend the rest of his career with Toronto. It doesn't happen for everybody. And even the greats, man, they don't always just play with one team. It's I mean, just not the case. Kyle Lowry wanted it too. It wasn't going to happen. He still talks about how unless he dies beforehand, he's going to retire as a Toronto Raptor. I'm with you. This is it. Yeah. Siakam can do the same thing, man. And we'll always love him. We'll always respect him. We'll always say that he did great things for our franchise. But that time is is just past. And I think that you, you have to let these things end gracefully and early yeah instead of what we're doing and what we're doing is we're just drawing it out as long as we can and it's just fumbling around and we got one good year in the middle of three bad ones we'll do the we'll do the canadian version of kicking the can down the road you know we got a nice ice chunk that we're kicking kicking down the sidewalk but it's a little bit warmer these days so every time we kick it a little bit breaks off yeah we're gonna end up with uh, no more ice chunk you know in another year or two yeah. if we just keep kicking this can down the road which is what we're doing so no, exactly. And like, you're not setting up Scotty for success in the future. You're not setting up Scotty to want to stay on the team. Um, so like, it's just, it's a frustrating one for me, man. And Masai and Bobby have to figure this one out. 
And whoever is in charge of our wing scouting, great job. You should go and fire the person who's in charge of our of our guard <laughs> scouting because that guy can't do anything. Just take over. I mean, geez, man. Like, the last good guard that we drafted, like, I, Terrence Ross maybe? But you got to go back to DeMar for, like, a surefire guard that we drafted. Yeah, exactly. Like, even Norm Powell being good, like... He's just good. Like, he's right. serviceable. Shout he's, out like, maybe Wright. above average. Yeah, yeah, being okay. But, you know, again, somebody who is going to be a starting caliber player for multiple years and can compete a la Kyle Lowry style, a la DeMar DeRozan style. That's what we're looking for right now. But uh, any more? Any, you get, is your baseball bat uh, nice and broken? Any, anywhere else you want to lead to? Or should we talk about the games ahead and then move on to uh, the rest of the league? Bro, I mean, we can talk about the fact that we're going to go 0-3 against three of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference, but, like, I mean, that's just going to be depressing. I mean, we play the the Hornets, <laughs> the Hawks, and, and the, what? Um, Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah, yeah. Hornets, Bro. which I don't even think LaMelo will be back for, who, you know what? Trap game, we'll probably lose. Knicks. <laughs> you know, uh, Randall's been playing absolute garbage all season. He's probably going to put a 40 against us. Except uh, for that other game in the tournament playing tourney you're right yeah, 41. Yeah. you're right you're right they were flying man they really wanted to beat the bucks but you know yeah they, they got that history line and then the hawks man i think the hawks have been flying under the radar they've been really efficient they've been great three-point shooting i mean it's trey young he's gonna do what he does so oh they're I only mean, one game better than us <laughs> i didn't say they were doing you're talking well. about them like they're world beaters like we can't like there's we have no shot like <laughs> that is that is the, how the locker room of the, the toronto problem. raptors feel right now that's that's the motto that that we're going for and feeling. So okay. Well, I don't know if you brought it up, man. Yeah, yeah. But the last thing I want to say is like the issue is shooting. It's been shooting since last year. It's been shooting since the year before. We don't have shooting, and when we hit our shots, we look great. We look unbeatable. When we don't, teams just dare us to shoot. That's what the Knicks did, man. They just dared us to shoot, gave us wide open look after wide open look after wide open look. Just didn't knock them down. And like, it's embarrassing, man. You guys are professional NBA players. This should be something that you do. And the organizational mandate that like, you can teach shooting. Can you? Look, I, I has haven't it, felt. Has it happened? I haven't felt this like teeter tottery about the Raptors shooting since I had to watch Marcus All take a three point shot consistently during our championship game. You never knew if it was gonna sink it straight in or absolutely dink off the backboard. So I mean, that's how we are right now. Bro, Marcus All is at least good and a center. <laughs> like, like you you don't expect him to do it. I was actually thinking about like that Marcus All Brook Lopez. Um, where you can be a very solid defensive center, but also stretch the floor and hit the threes. Yeah. And if like you're a young center hoping to play in the NBA, that should be what you're working on. Yes, obviously you want to be a Joel Embiid. Yes, you want to be a Nikola Jokic. You want to yeah. be a Giannis. The way to get really good center minutes in the NBA today, if you're not one of those guys, hit your threes, play anchor defense. That's, like, the key. Could you imagine if we had somebody like that on our team? Bro. Yeah. We'd be good. We'd be I actually miss, good. <laughs> I even miss I even miss the, the Jonas Valanciunas version of, of that, which we had for a little while. Like, we're just missing out, man. Jakob, you're good, man. But, again, you're, you're just serviceable. Just and you can't hit threes. No. And, like, in, in this league, and for a team that 
needs as much shooting help as it can get, yeah, that's an issue. Like if he was a a, a big on a team that had a ton of shooting. It's not a big deal that he can't hit threes. He's very good. He's, Jared you Allen. know, a defensive anchor. Jared Allen takes advantage of that on the Cavaliers. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Man, Miles Turner hits threes. Yeah, Miles. <laughs> yo, Miles Turner, absolutely fantastic for the Pacers in the play-in. We'll, we'll get to it. But uh, let's move away from the Raptors. Uh, I want to talk about the Bulls. I want to talk about the Zach Levine injury because he's got a foot injury. He's probably not playing again in 2023. They're saying he's out for sure till Christmas. But all the rumbling I'm hearing is that this could be the end of his Bulls career. He's pissed off. The games aren't going well. Now, three wins in a row for this team. You know, maybe they don't need him. So maybe this is even more fueled the fire of trading him away. But, you know, what's your thoughts on this Chicago team? And where do you think Zach Levine should go if he was to get traded? Um, I don't know where Zach Levine should go, man. I think that's a tough one. I also think that he's not necessarily a winning player um he's a he's an empty stats calorie kind of guy which is fine like you know like those players still need to be in the league and he's fantastic he's a high flyer he's definitely a top 50 player top 30 player in the nba 30s 30s high for me i'd probably say top 40 yeah but that's it you know like he's a top 40 player who needs the ball in his hands and is a inefficient high volume shooter like that's that's the 90s. That's the early 2000s. That's not the, the 2023 NBA. The 2023 NBA is what Tyrese Halliburton is doing. And Zach yeah, Levine yeah. is just not that guy. So to me, like, I think the Bulls are, are better off without him. Like, it, I think it's kind of clear. Um, I just don't know which kind of team would take him. And if I'm a contender, I really don't want to give up a ton of assets for this guy who's really proven absolutely nothing in his NBA career. Like, yeah, okay. He had sweet, sweet dunk contest moments. Right. And he's he's been an all-star. It's such an interesting situation, right? Because, you know, I think about guys like Aaron Gordon, Andrew Wiggins. You know, there are certain players that have been able to go from being empty salary cat guys on stack guys on teams that haven't meant anything to finding that right role position i'm like can zach levine fall in those footsteps on a team can bradley beal do that right like there's these certain characters these certain guys that you're asking what they're going to be for this team and i'm with you on the i don't see a good fit right the lakers don't want to give up too much for a guy that can shoot when d'angelo russell's been playing pretty good this season in terms of his, his shooting caliber and you yeah, know, I, I think about the rest of the league, and I'm like, a lot of the contenders have their shooting guard, have that guy in that position, and so yeah. it's it's a tough place. So I don't know if they're going to trade him. I don't know if it's the right time, but I definitely think the Bulls are are starting to accept the reality of their situation. That you know, Lonzo probably ain't coming back, and if he does come back, it ain't going to be in time or with enough happiness and confidence in this team to really do anything this year, and maybe not even next, bro. I, I think that it's just over for them. Um, they did what we are on the path of doing. You know, middling, 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 middling. Um, make a huge trade for a center that doesn't work out. I mean, Yax isn't as big as Vucevic, but, you know, trade. Build yeah. this, you know, core of, you know, elite, high-level NBA players and just do nothing with it, you know? And, and they've been middling and we're middling and, they're they're a very good mirror for us, and yeah. it's something that like I want the Raptors to avoid. And Zach Levine is their Siakam, he is, you know, and uh, they got to get rid of him. And 
I just don't know where he's going to go. Most people would say that he fits with the Raptors, yeah, which sure. I just like, yeah. Like, who, like hope... I don't want to trade Siakam for Zach Levine. Like, that's, no, I want to use Siakam to get, like, picks. Like, personally, I want My, I want my hope is that Rob. if this team decides to collapse, that we can somehow steal Alex Caruso out from under for nothing. Because, you know, that guy, fantasy champion for me, consistently for years. But, yeah, Bulls fans, tough time right now. I know that. No, nobody's happy. At least you're not the Pistons fans. You know, you could you could be feeling worse right now. Jalen Duran's out. You know, uh, Giannis talking about the rich getting richer. This is the poor getting poorer. Like, you feel bad yeah. for Pistons at this point in time, you know. Kate is trying, but you can only do so much when this roster is full of rejects, uh, you know, guys that aren't working out. Injuries galore left and right. Like, you know what was it 16 losses last week or at 18 now like it's just it keeps piling up over there in detroit man it's a little wild i thought they were gonna be decent (laughs) i really thought they were gonna be better than the washington wizards but i guess i'm wrong man like uh i don't know monty williams man like really not showing that he's a good coach right now like that's bad 18 we might be in for the worst NBA season in history. I'm serious. Two, really? like they're basically two and twenty. We're a third of the, we're almost like we're more than a quarter of the way through the season. So if this yeah. sticks, they're going eight and sixty, eight and sixty-four. Worst <laughs> record in NBA history. Like this has to change something has to happen like with the spurs also losing 15 straight and not even (laughs) close to the longest losing streak like what are we doing the bottom of the table right now you know i joke i I talk about how you know we're ready for expansion but these teams coming out here saying hey you know what maybe we got to put a halter on that because we are hot garbage and we want those draft picks don't give them to anybody else like bro i almost feel like that about us (laughs) Bro, you can't expand the league. What kind of shooting teller are we going to get then? <laughs> Bro, the, the other hilarity to, to add to this is, you know, I, I was looking at the Spurs. I was looking at the Spurs the other day, and I was like, oh, you know, they're not going to put out Sohan at point guard today. They're going to they're gonna do it out there. No, Chetty Osman. Chetty Osman for, for point guard. Well done. Man, Popovich has so, I feel like he's got so much plot armor with his job secure that he's like we're getting another draft pick it's fine we don't need to win games this year it's crazy like it's insane what they're he's doing like he there. saw Wemby in like game four drop that 38 points and he's like all right i've seen enough we we're tanking we need this guy we need him to get a homie we got to get this guy his scotty pippen like oh yeah <laughs> we're going for the first overall draft pick again we're gonna pair him and Wemby. we're gonna trade everybody else <laughs> it's it's crazy man i you know i expected you know we talked about the last couple of years we've seen so much parity in the league we've seen some good things and we've seen so many of these rebuilding teams find a talent or two figure it out and win some games i was not ready for the dregs of the league that this season has brought out i cannot believe how few games have won and like you know nobody the the trailblazers are six and 14 the grizzlies are six and 14 they're not that much more ahead of it but it just when you have this many games in a, in a row taking l's bro in a hurts. row in a row yeah, that's a oh man all right man do you want to set up tomorrow's final or what i mean let's talk about the in-season tournament for sure i think we we've, we've made our way there we've gotten a great storyline so far you know on the left side it's lebron timeless ageless 
the king of this league wanting the next new crown, the next new title in this cup versus Tyrese, man, the kid who has taken this team and and this squad all the way. All right. So I'm, I'm pretty hyped about it. I'm pretty excited to see it. Tyrese is a monster. He's him, right? Like he is the type of guy who has proven that he's not going to be stopped, right? Like you watch that game against Dame Lillard against the Bucks and Dame goes up and he hits those shots consistently like we know Dame does and Tyrese is right there from the logo almost knocking those shots back against it but to flip to the other side to talk about LeBron for a little bit like you know this Lakers team is is ready right they they went into the second half of last season ready to shine and wanting to do stuff and it, it wasn't their time in the playoffs and you know, we joke that we're only 20 games in and we're getting, you know, you were saying we're getting Miami Heat, LeBron. Like, the guy is rested and ready and we're in for yeah. a treat tomorrow night, man. We are. Well, man, like, to talk about Tyrese Halliburton, your first point, like, he's been phenomenal. Like, zero turnovers, the 40-point game, like, Crazy. he's just been magnificent. And then to, like, have that young talent kind of showing out the way he is, and to juxtapose it with the oldest talent in the league, he's year 21, man. And we're getting peak LeBron because, like I said, 20 games into the season, the man's fresh. He had a whole offseason. He's rested his body. They didn't even get to the finals, so it's like a long offseason for him, typically. Um, and then he's like, all right, let me show you what I still got in the tank. And this is, like, unbelievable. This is, like, more than we've gotten in the playoffs the last couple of years, which is a lot like he's been great in the playoffs he's just not had this like absolute killer year and he's showed that man like waving off darvin ham and just you know cutting through the defense and splitting two guys for that layup it's just vintage lebron nine of 12 like uh, my goat man he's my goat i'm a i'm a lebron stan so what are you gonna do at the end of the day this is an absolute win for adam silver in the in-season tournament two teams 6-0, and great storylines, showing up at the beginning of the season when nobody cares anymore, you know? At this point in the time, every year we're talking about the couple of cool stories, how the Magic are showing up, how the T-Wolves are running the league. But everyone's like, I'm going to watch a game or two a week. I'll tune into my squad here or there, you know? Oh, Luka's playing against uh, somebody important. Like, for this tournament to have these games that matter and to watch the type of players that have really decided that, you know what, I, I want to be a part of this. I want to step up. I want that half a million dollars. Like, however they're looking at it, it has been a success story. And fans are in for a treat tomorrow night. I've said it once. I'll keep saying it over and over. Well, like, I think your your point of, like, you know, this point in the season, it's pretty, it's pretty much a wash. People are kind of still figuring out who they are. You know, it's it, there's not a lot to talk about. There may be some cool stories. Some guy drops, you know, a 60-point triple-double, whatever. But this has actually been impressive. Like, they care. They're fighting for rebounds. They're, they're you know, fighting through screens. They're really, really playing, like, playoff basketball in November, December. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. And especially with the way that the season tournament started, like, it – yeah, like, the teams were playing, it was fun, it was cool. It didn't really look like anybody really, truly cared about the games until this Final Eight, man. Yeah. The Final Eight has been absolutely awesome, and I would not have expected that from the from the beginning of that tournament, but, hey, man, I'm here for it. The NBA, 
willing to pivot, willing to change, willing to do fun things that, you know, bring their fans in. Um, I just wish, you know, another league would do the same. Uh, shout out, no. shout out to all the LeBron fans who you know were the same age as him when he came when he came out of high school, and you know were sad that he didn't get to run a March Madness table, and are now sitting at home, you know, on their couches with their you know mortgage and their fifteen year old kids watching this guy go in and do what he should have done in college X amount of years ago. Like exciting games, exciting things, and I think that obviously it's most likely here to stay at this point we've we've seen enough excitement oh, yeah. but i think the the players are more awake to it now you know i want to see Next so this is my player. this is my big change you know the the controversy that we have with the celtics running up the table at the end of a game the only change that i want to see is the back end statistic scoring i want them to count all the quarters all the games that you play you get X amount of points for how many of those quarters you win, and then you get three points for winning the game. And then the tiebreakers at the end, instead of running up the games in games four, you go, well, you won three games, we won three games, but you won 20 quarters and I eight only quarters. won eight. You know, what I mean? like, you know what I mean? Like how it would yeah, work yeah. out. Like I think that would be a great change because that was the only big controversy. Otherwise, I think, I mean, Let's not talk about the courts and the jerseys and the trash kind of looks, blah, blah, blah. They're going to, apparently they know about it and they're on it and they're going to make it better for the years to come. But I think that little tweaks here and there can make this a really exciting tournament on top of what is already the best part of basketball so far this year. No, man, it's, it's been fantastic. I'm super excited to have these like standalone games, to have these, you know, intense, intense matchups. And that's like, that's the fun part, right? Like that's why we watch the NBA. That's why we watch basketball um marissa always jokes with me because i want to watch the game from start to finish and she's like you only need to watch the last five minutes of the game like she like w the games aren't really close until the last five minutes and then they start to care and it's like yeah you know that's how people view the nba so this is kind of changing that and it's and it's man perfect like it's, it's good like it's the, not perfect but you know it's getting the there. number of sports fans that aren't nba fans that i have listened spelt those words specifically about basketball oh, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, the best players win, or, you know, it gets down to the end of the game, watch the last two minutes, blah, 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 but, yeah, man, exciting ball, getting to see it happen, and, you know, I'll, I'll iterate it again, we're in for a treat, you know, LeBron put up 30 points in three quarters, the first time in his entire career, my favorite comment that I've realized about this, LeBron is so good that he's able to probably do 30 points in a quarter anytime he wants, but his teams have been so bad over the years that that man's had to yeah. come back in in the fourth quarter to do it. So he hasn't had the opportunity, most likely, to put up a 30-point game and get to sit. You know, we, we talked about how weeks ago, you know, Darvin Ham's like, yeah, he's going to play 30-something minutes a night. We're going to keep LeBron to 32 minutes a night. And then he goes out and plays like 46, 42, 43 in the next few games. This is a Amen. blessing. This is a blessing for old man LeBron and his knees. You want to talk about him being fresh? and ready for the final that we're about to see, well, that was the best gift the Lakers team could have done for him, for sure. No, man, absolutely. Um, it's 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 kind of crazy to think that that's the first time in 21 years that they've had a good enough team to be up that many points that he can sit in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, it's absolutely insane. Um, but, hey, man, like, the guy's ageless. Michael Jordan could never. Sorry. <laughs> look, look, MJ, number two may even have a higher peak than LeBron. You want to call it a higher peak? You know, winning three straight and three straight? I'll give it a higher peak. Whatever. LeBron. Yeah, no, you, you no. got it there. And <laughs> the, the other the other fun statistical interest, 
both Legault and Tyrese Halliburton, zero turnovers in their semifinal games. We're in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen. The game tomorrow night is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see it. Apparently, the Lakers don't get to wear their black jerseys, though. Sadness, because, you know, the NBA made, like, two-thirds of the jerseys black, you know. They probably weren't expecting the Pacers to be uh, in, in the finals here. As the as the interviewers keep asking Tyrese, you're not supposed to be here, right? And as he keeps saying, they keep telling us, and we keep proving them wrong. Nice, man. Oh. Well, uh, I think that's pretty good, man. You want to go into some, some hot takes and, and miss your predictions? You uh, I'm going to have to start off. Oh, let me leave. Oh, let, me leave. Really? let me leave. Let me leave. Let me go. Because I, I like to play around a little bit. I don't like to be basic. And we talked about this legacy versus that legacy. And I want to double win, okay? Tyrese, my boy, you're amazing. You're fantastic. But it's the king's time, okay? He's probably going to put up maybe 40 points. I expect Tyrese to be the leading point scorer. He's probably going to have like 12 plus assists. Nobody's going to match him on that end. But I can just, I, I can't, I can't bet against LeBron, man. I've said it enough times on this podcast over the years. Like, you just don't bet against LeBron in games like this when it matters. Yeah, man. And uh, especially when like they don't have that like clear player on his level. Like, I know Tyrese is getting to that level, but he's young and he's, he's not established there yet. But he's getting there. It's going to be interesting to see what Miles Turner can do against Anthony Davis. I mean, if Anthony Davis puts in two points, sorry, Lakers probably going to lose. It's just a fact. But I oh, think yeah. that the stage that we're on, the players that they have, the the energy that LeBron brings, I, I expect him and the Lakers to take it away and for LeBron to lift that first cup. Plus, you know, then in 20, 30, 40 years when this is a staple tournament, they can call it the LeBron Cup if they don't call it the Kobe Cup in a year or two. You know what I mean? Like, be great for Well, I mean— does Kobe have an award named after him? He probably does. I'm sure he does at this point. He does. I'm sure he does. I know they named an award after him. Oh, right. whatever. Yeah. We'll have to look it up after. Yeah, yeah. Um, they didn't name this one after LeBron, so he needs one. Like, they, he does. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm going to go with our Raptors, man. I said at the beginning of the podcast, we're going to go 0-3 this week. Uh, we're going to be 9-15, and and uh, hopefully... That's enough for the front office to realize, like, Celsiacum, maybe even trade Dennis, maybe trade Jack, Yak, you know, really bottom out, get a top five, four pick, and uh, run it back next year and see what happens. I mean, it has to be one of the extremes, right? We either have to go 0-3 and have our record look bad so that the front office is like, oh, okay. Or the dreaded three and zero that makes us go twelve or twelve and twelve, and then we're like, "Hey, we're still middling. We're still competitive." Like these are the storylines you're potentially in for when you return next week. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, man, I think you're good to wrap us up at this point. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Matt's gonna see if his eye starts crying again. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes <laughs> and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>